talking to Todd this morning, and uh, Wes and a couple of the guys sent me a few testimonies, so I wanted to share that. They're saying some awesome stuff. So I think they're going out just kind of like we have a church uh, in Tamboril, and they're going out doing like daily outreach, door-to-door and things like that. Uh, it says that uh, they saw, have seen 10 salvations so far. Come on. Uh, two blind eyes open. Come on. Uh, someone's, uh, uh, their knee was healed and a tumor shrunk yesterday. Come on, that's really good. Todd was telling me this morning when, with my, uh, we did one of these, uh, have you ever done a Wi-Fi call? You get like four words and then no, you know, so he told me uh, they had a translator. This is really cool. I love this. They had a translator. She's a believer, but I don't think she was like filled with the Holy Spirit or anything like that. And so they had her. She was translating, translating. Well, I can't remember the group, but one of the groups said, hey, you got to pray this time. She goes, what, what are you talking about? I'm not going to pray. And uh, they said, no, you're praying. You're ready. You got to pray. And so uh, she starts praying for, I, can't, I think it was a lady or something. Anyway, as soon as she starts praying, the Holy Spirit just falls in this house completely wrecks this lady, totally wrecks the lady she's praying for. Well, the translator gets up, walks outside, and just falls down weeping on, outside on the porch because she had never been used by God ever. Is that good or what? I thought that was amazing. Anyways, keep praying for the team. Uh, this is a really neat opportunity that they have, and uh, it's really cool to see what God's doing there. Um, I've got a couple... I got some stuff on my mind today. I'm not sure where we're going to go or how we're going to get there, but somehow we're going to make it, all right? But um, before I do that, I want to share, I, and the reason I want to share this is it ties in with what God's doing right now, is uh, we've been going out um, on a weekly basis, some guys, and we've been going out on Saturdays and ministering the gospel to people, and we've been seeing some cool stuff happen. But I wanted to highlight a couple stories because I'm going to get somewhere with the heart of the Father. So every week we go out, um, we pray. Uh, we've been targeting certain areas and just kind of door knocking. Um, for the sake of time, I'll tell you three quick stories. Uh, last week, Eddie and I were out, me and Eddie. And uh, we're knocking doors, knocking doors. And uh, we get to this one. No matter what we do, there's kind of like this one person that Jesus is after. You know, and so every time we're out there, and you're kind of like, you know, you get kind of, your anxiety's up, what's going to happen, you know, you're a little bit like, is anything going to happen, are people going to like yell at us, and so you kind of, you're out there, and you're like, okay, Jesus, what are you going to do, and there's always like this one person, and it's been really hitting me hard, because the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about the heart of the Father, and the heart of the Father is, you know, he'll leave the 99, he'll go find the one that's lost, right, and so there's this one lady, we knocked this door, me and Eddie, a lot, two weeks ago, and, um, couple comes out, uh, a, a daughter and a mom, and we're talking to them, and uh, they're believers in the Lord, and all of a sudden I get a, a feeling for a, a problem in, my, in the shoulder. So I ask the mom, she has a problem in the shoulder, and she says yes, and she has, uh, I can't remember, the, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. Anyway, some kind of problem was she couldn't move her shoulder, but about this high, right? And so she could only move her shoulder about this high, and she showed us, right, this is as high as it could get. So we pray for her. And we ask her to move it again. And all of a sudden, she starts her her, uh, her eyes are big, and she starts moving it around. She's like, "What just happened?" Right? She's like, "You tell." She's freaked out a little bit, right? Well, that was amazing. God did the miracle, right? That was awesome. But the cool thing that got me was that that day was her 48th anniversary to her husband, who had just passed a couple months before. <laughs> And this lady gets a God encounter that she's never had before. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So what I, we end up telling her, I said, you know what? The father did this because he said in the Bible, it says that I'll be the husband to you, right? And it's if you don't get it, if you, don't, if you just allow the stories just to go over your head, you will miss what the Holy Spirit's doing, right? Right? So sometimes we'll have things happening, God, certain things God will be speaking to us, but because we don't look to see deeper, what are you doing, Father? What are you trying to say to me now? You'll miss what he's doing. And here's this lady whose husband just passed. She's a believer in the Lord, a very serious believer in the Lord, and boom, she's a miracle the day of her anniversary. Do you think what's going on in her mind? Here I am all alone. And then there's Jesus. 
So, um, so a couple weeks before that, and these, all these stories have a similar theme. That's the only reason why I'm sharing them. Uh, a couple weeks before that, me and Tim went out, and uh, we're knocking doors, and we just kind of pray about areas, and we're knocking doors. And before we, um, before we got there, I really felt like somebody was going to get healed with their knees, a knee problem. And so we get out and knocking doors, and, and um, we knock on this one door, and this older uh, lady named uh, Betty was her name. Uh, she has a knee problem. So she invites us in, sweet lady. We start to pray for her knees. She said she's like in the level six, level seven pain in her knees nonstop. So we start to pray for her knees, and God completely heals her knees on the spot. She's super excited. All the pain disappears, right? And then as we're talking to her, I start to feel this like tingling in my hands. I said, do you have a problem with your hands? She says, yeah, I don't have feeling in my hands. I've lost feeling because of, a, of a, something she had ripped right here. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Anyways, we start to pray for her, and all the feeling comes back in her hands, which is amazing. Then I, I see this. I, I don't, again, I can't explain how I see this, but somewhere, you ever have like, feel like you're intuitive, like you feel something, you're not sure if it's right? That's kind of how I f- hear the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's like, I'm not really sure if that's right, but I feel this intuitiveness. So I feel really strongly that she was an on fire believer who had backslidden because someone died. So I call it out. I say, I feel like you used to be an on-fire believer, but someone died in your life, and now you've been disappointed, and you decide to walk away from God. So she just starts breaking down, crying. And her best friend died several years ago, and she turned her back on the Lord. (laughs) And there he is. (laughs) And then he goes and gets her. He goes and gets her. You see, she's there. There it is. The one's out there, and he goes and finds her. And we get this, like, this partnership, right? Okay, so this the last one. Anyways, this excites me. I'm excited about the miracle, but I love the heart of the Father because he's searching for somebody, right? But then he's just looking for somebody. See, he, he, could he save the world? Absolutely, but he chooses to do it through us. You know, I, you know, I don't understand his wisdom. It doesn't make sense to use us, but hey, you know what? <laughs> that was his choice. Um, and so the last one, a few weeks, three weeks ago, and um, I'm going somewhere. I know you're all like, okay. Um, three weeks ago, we're going out, uh, and me and Wes are going somewhere. Wes is with me, and um, I get a sh- uh, we- we're-, we're selling our house, so we get a pop-up showing that's like at 12 o'clock, and <laughs> it it's like 10 o'clock, and my wife's like, oh my God, where are you at? We got to clean the whole house. And I'm like, oh Lord, help me, <laughs> right? So immediately, all my spiritual, you know, uh, building up that I've done before we go out is like gone. All I'm thinking about is I got to get, you know, gotta, <laughs> I got to get home. We got to clean the house. We got a showing. So I tell Wes, I said, bro, I got 20 minutes tops. <laughs> He goes, man, let's just pray that God does it in the first door. I said, okay, let's do it. So we knock on this door. We go to this part of this neighborhood. We knock on this door, and uh, this lady answers the door. We tell her, we just, real super casual. We're believers in the Lord. Uh, God told us to come here. We're just wanting to bless people, pray for people. Uh, Is there something you could use prayer for? She goes, oh, everybody can use prayer. She says, let me get my son and and his girlfriend to come on down here. So she yells up the, the door, up the door, up the stairs, to her uh, son and uh, girl, his girlfriend, they come down. Well, before they get there, I get a word of knowledge. I, I feel something, that something's wrong with her back, like a sciatic nerve. So I said, do you have a sciatic nerve problem? And the lady's just face just drops. She goes, I was just in my bed. I'm at a level 10 pain. I was laying in my bed begging God to do something about my sciatic nerve problem. You can make this stuff up if you tried. And so I'm like, okay. You know, I'm as shocked as she is. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm thinking about, you better get home now. That's what I'm thinking about, right? I have no, I don't even, I don't even feel saved. I'm like, oh man, I'm, oh, I'm so stressed. And so she says, I was just praying. I barely made it down the stairs. And, and then you guys knocked on the door. I said, well, let's come on in. And we come on in and uh, we start to pray for and she just, the power of God just shows up. I mean, you can feel it. It's like there's, it's like, you know, you know when you walk out of the room to like 90% of humidity and 100 degrees, you know that feeling? You're like, whoa, when you go out of AC, right? Same feeling, but in the Holy Ghost, right? It's just thick. All of a sudden, she, she just starts, yeah, she says, I don't know what happened, but when you walked in here, something came in. Something happened. Something happened. I don't know what happened. And she's rambling, right? This, she doesn't know what's going on, right? 
And I'm like, ooh, this is awesome. And so we keep praying for her, 100% healed, all movement back. She's touching her toes. She's moving. And she has no grid for this. She is freaked out, right? Well, then Wes gets a word for her son, who's a little bit, um, doesn't look like he's walking with Jesus yet. So he gets a word for the son, and we start praying and prophesying over the son. And as we're laying hands on the son, um, oh, let me tell you this too. They decided, she decided to get back right with God two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, she visited church for the first time in several years to get back, right back with God. Two weeks prior, she just decided, I need to get back right with God. And here we are. And so, she's, so we're sitting there, and she brought the girlfriend. She said, the girlfriend and her are going to church now. So we're praying over the sun. We're sitting there saying, I look at the, at the girlfriend. She's sitting there on the, on, the, on the couch. We're in the living room. And I see a vision of something going from her back ear around the back of her head, just like this, right? Again, it's like an intuitiveness. It's not like a blanket, kind of like I imagined it, which, again, I could have been like, I think that's just me. But instead, we're on a roll, so, you know, I only got 20 minutes, so we got to get it all in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> so I look at the girlfriend. I say, do you get headaches that go from, this, the, from one ear around the back to the other ear? Girlfriend breaks down weeping around the spot. Every day I get headaches that go from this ear around the back of my head to this ear. (laughs) You couldn't make this stuff up. It's so amazing. But this is the point. We get in the car. Me and Wes are just like, holy smokes, what just happened? And I said, man, all we did was gave God 20 minutes. Then the thought came to my head, what if we could get every believer in this county to give God 20 minutes? 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. That's all. We didn't give them our whole day. We didn't give them like, you know, well, I'm taking this whole week. I'm going to preach it. We gave him 20 minutes and boom, he came. Because he's that jealous for the one. He's that jealous for the one that he has to find someone. He's like, please, just anything. Ah, excites me. All right. I propose that question to you. Will you give God 20 minutes? You don't, doesn't necessarily mean you're not doors. It could mean that, hey, I'm in Walmart. You know what? One person. One person. If there was a habit, I don't know why we've created this, what I believe is a demonic habit in the church, of the fulfillment of the church is going to church on Sunday. That's completely opposite of the Bible. It was unheard of for, for, for believers to not testify of their faith. You know that, right? New Testament Christianity, you weren't a Christian if you weren't willing to testify to it. <laughs> if you wouldn't be, be outspoken about your faith, if you weren't willing to testify to it, you weren't a believer in Jesus. It just wasn't, no, sorry, that's not, it didn't even make sense. But now for some reason we got this whole grid where it's like the fulfillment of the life of a believer is to have regular church attendance. That's not the fulfillment. The fulfillment is to testify of what you've seen and heard. Okay, anyways, I'm not preaching about that today, but I could. Okay. All right. So a couple weeks ago, I, I spoke a message. It was called, Go Discover What This Means. Some of you may have been here. Some of you may not. Um, and we kind of highlighted the why. Anybody, was anybody here? Who was, only a few of you? There was a lot more than five people in the room when I spoke. <laughs> okay, it's okay. You don't have to remember it. It's okay. Anyway, so the Lord's had me on a little bit of a journey. Um, and he's been digging into my why. He's been getting into my heart a little bit. And so if there was a title of this message, it would just be called The Ramblings of Ben. Because <laughs> I don't know that it's going to come out as a complete message. Um, okay. So maybe three days ago, four days ago, the Lord's been dealing with me on, um, on me living, um, no, that's the way to say it. For years, I, I had a practice of... Um, professional ministering. I was I trained myself to be a professional minister. I went to school for it. And um, I, I constantly tried to be a believer instead of just being a believer. Does that make sense? Right? There's two different ways you can do it, right? You've got people that try to be believers and you've got people that just are believers in belief. 
And so there's that. I'm trying to become something. Does that make sense? Okay. And so um, anyways, for years I, I've been on that battle, and the Lord's been inching me away from that and just getting me to sonship, intimacy, connection with him, childlike faith, where it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. And that goes off of what Josh was saying, you know, that naked and unashamed. You know why they were naked and unashamed? Because they weren't looking at themselves. Right? They weren't thinking that they had to achieve something to be something. That didn't, that didn't register to them because they were made by God. So their value was who made them. The value had nothing to do with their accomplishments because they accomplished nothing at that point in their lives. Yet they still had value. Yet God still came every evening and walked with them. And yet they had accomplished nothing. You see me? You follow me? But for some reason we've reversed that in the, in the church and in the kingdom where value comes by performance, right? Value comes by what you do instead of who you are. You following me? Is this making sense? Okay. So anyways, I've been on this journey. Again, this may come out as a rambling. I, I, a few, week, few days ago, I'm, I'm soaking in, in prayer, and I see a vision. And this is where I'm going to highlight here today. I, I have a vision, and I see this ship, and this ship's in the ocean, um, have you ever seen like the old ships, you know, how they would, um, they would anchor right off of shore, you know, they would anchor right in the, um, what's that area of the, of the ocean called, right outside of the, the surf? Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm not a, a sailor. But anyways, huh? They would kind of go outside of the surf, because if you're in the surf, you've got waves nonstop, so they would get right outside where it was steady, and they'd anchor. And so I see a vision, I'm in prayer, I see a vision of this, uh, this ship. And then all of a sudden, the anchor starts to come up. So the anchor starts to come up, ding, 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 ding. And the anchor gets up, and I look at the anchor, and I can tell that that anchor has been there for a long, long time. And then the Lord begins to speak to me. He says, Ben, that's you. You anchored right there where you felt safe. <laughs> and that's your anchor. And I was sad because it was very rusty. There was barnacles on it. And I was like, oh, man. I don't want that to be my anchor. And so the Holy Spirit's been, teach, been speaking to me about launching out into the depths of God. Launching out into the depths of God. And, and it, again, it was ridiculous that, that Nanette sends me this word and these different little words coming off. And her word was about getting out of your cage, right? So, you know, you're obedient right? A caged animal can be obedient. doesn't mean they do anything, right? And so I want to talk about this. So I'm sitting here, and the Lord's speaking this stuff to me, and I'm, con I'm like, okay, God, what have I done? And so I begin to realize that I... Um... So for years, I, here, here's kind of, I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to paint a picture, okay? And I'm, I'm trying to paint it the way it was painted to me. So most of us get, become believers, right? We're believers in the Lord. How many of you have been born again in this room? You had a born-again experience. You believed in Jesus. You asked him in your heart, right? right? That happened to you. There was an experience that happened, right? And so I would call that entering the kingdom, okay? And just for the sake of my story, I'm going to say you made it to the shoreline, okay, for the sake of my story. So you made it to the shoreline. You made it into the kingdom of the Father, the kingdom of God. You're on the shoreline, Right? right? But there's a massive amount to discover, like unprecedented, cannot uh, tap the end of it, of his kingdom to discover, but you made it to the shoreline, right? Because you got born again. So now you're in the kingdom, but you're on the shore, right? And so um, then you, you have, so how did you get into the kingdom first? You, there's two ways you get into the kingdom. There's no other way. It's, it's, it's faith, right? You believe in the Lord Jesus, and what is it? Is it grace, or do you earn something? This is not a trick question. It's grace, right? You did nothing to make it there. Am I right? Am I right? So you didn't, make, you didn't do anything to make it there. You do nothing to make it there. You believed, and His grace, because you believed, made you a new believer in Jesus. You became a born again, right? And you, whoop, all of a sudden, now you're in the kingdom. You're outside of the kingdom of darkness. You're now into the kingdom of light with two things, faith with grace. Grace through faith, right? So faith was the mechanism. Grace was what you received, right? 
So there was a, there was a, if there was a, a delivery, faith delivered the grace to you, right? It's free, 100%. That's the way you made it into it, into the kingdom, correct? Okay. And so, um, so let, let's dive in this verse real quick. We'll keep painting the picture. Colossians 2.6. This is going to be my theme verse. Colossians 2.6. So I'm going to kind of share my journey, which I think is probably similar to a lot of your journeys. So this is kind of a me sharing where I'm going, but we're going there together. Okay? Are we all in that? Is that good? Okay. Colossians 2.6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. No more. How did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? By grace, through faith. How should you walk in him? Grace through faith. Was there any other recipe given there? Magic formula. To-do list. Achievements that had to be done. Grace through faith. Okay. So we make it here. We get into the kingdom. I get into the kingdom. I get born again. Uh, I just believe this gospel. I definitely didn't do anything to earn it. In fact, I probably racked up the, one of the best lists to not be uh, a, a candidate for the kingdom, you know, that you could have. But it didn't matter because it was full of the grace was outreaching to everyone, right? So I'm making it into the kingdom. You make it into the kingdom. We're hanging on the shoreline, right? And so as soon as we get to the shoreline... There's a whole bunch of other people that are on the shore. And those people on the shore are afraid to launch out into the depths. And so they have made a whole bunch of requirements to leave the shoreline. They've made a ton. You've got to have the best boat, free of every kind of sin you can think of. Got to be perfect, got to be strong, free of blemishes and mistakes. That's the first step. And then you got to study the map and you have to memorize the map 150%. So you have to have the best boat and you have to know everything that the map says or you can't sail deep into the depths of God. (laughs) I know that's like, oh, that don't feel good, does it? So then we enter into the kingdom, grace through faith, and then all of a sudden we try to earn our position in the kingdom through works. <laughs> and so we, we camp on the shore, we hang out, we powwow on the shore. I, I'm speaking of me. I've done this, okay? I, you may not have, and, and that's awesome. And if you haven't, talk to me afterward because I want, I want to know what you've done. Um, and so I get on the shore, and I see all these people that have been at the shore longer than I have, and they're building the prettiest boats you've ever seen. They're ma- and man, they know this map backwards and forwards, but there's one huge problem. Their boat has never left the shore. And though they can retell me what the map says, they can never tell me what it actually looks like to go to the place on the map because they've never been there. And so they're professional map tellers. And so I'm sitting there because I just got here and I'm thinking this must be the process. So boom, I'm learning this map. I'm trying to fix my ship. Right? I'm like, holy crap, I got a lot of problems with this ship. Right? I'm like, oh my gosh. I can't believe how much is wrong with this ship here, you know? This ship is you if you haven't got the picture yet. Right? I'm like, oh man, this ship has got my sails messed up, everything. Right? I'm trying to fix the ship over and over and over. And every day is about fixing the ship. Right? And then we keep learning about, oh man, this is the map. This is the map. You will listen. Now, when you go here, you're going to have to make this turn to make it to this location. And this is the secret. And this is the secret. And this is the secret. And here's the map. Oh, man, you won't believe this place is gorgeous. But I've never been there, but here it's gorgeous. Right? And so now I am a professional map studier and a boat repair man. When I was created to be an adventurer. When I was created to be an explorer. And so I entered the kingdom with a passion to know more. And then I just became more aware of the map and the boat. Right? 
Now, the reason why I feel good about it is because everyone else is doing the same thing. (laughs) So I feel okay because everyone else is doing the same thing. Now, you get this one little individual, right? He may break out of the crowd occasionally. He ain't fixed his boat up a lot, right? He's got some holes in his boat, but he's going to decide to launch out, right? And he launches out, right? And boom, he hits that surf. And his boat flips over. And everybody, all the studiers of the map and the boat builders are all, see, told you he didn't have a good enough boat. He didn't have a good enough boat, and he didn't know that map. He didn't have a good enough boat, and he didn't have good enough, he didn't know that map good enough. And look what happened to him. Look, now he's all washed up on the shore, and his boat's all destroyed, right? Right? And so that's where, that's kind of the, the realm. Anybody ever been there, right? Yeah. Right? And so for me, and maybe I, I could be exaggerating this, so I spent about five years of my life studying the boat and trying to fix my ship. And holy crud, was it, was it really depressing trying to fix my ship? I, can, I memorized the map. But the ship, I could never get it fixed. <laughs> okay, and so eventually I got bored, which is pretty, pretty much my nature. I get really bored really fast. And so I got bored. And I said, you know what? I'm kind of tired of hearing about the map. I'm going to go see a couple things, right? So I, I, I stir up my courage, right? And I, I go for this thing. And, you know, about five years into this, I've been in Bible college, and I was tired of reading the book. I don't mean tired, like I don't love the book. The book, let me make sure I qualify this, because I know some of y'all are going to go home and say, I don't need to read my Bible anymore. That's not what I'm saying. This is the, tre- this is the treasure map that you're to keep on you at all times. But it's not the destination, it's not the destination. And that doesn't devalue the book or the map. It doesn't devalue it anyway. It is the treasure map, but it leads somewhere. You following me? Right? And so I'm not saying don't study this. I'm not saying don't be in this constantly because how are you going to get to the treasure? Right? I don't know about you, but I know if I get out way out in the ocean and I don't know where I'm at... I need to have a, have a bearing, right? This is your bearing. This is, your, this is keeping you solid, okay? So everything I'm saying is not criticizing that. If you're looking for a reason to stop reading the Bible, you'll find a bunch. That's not going to be one. So. Anyways, stay in the Word. Okay, so uh, I lost my track. Where am I at? Okay, got it. So I was reading the Word, went to Bible school, all this stuff. Finally got where I was like, you know what? I got to see some, I got to see this stuff can't no more talking about it. I got to see it. So we began to pursue a lifestyle of the supernatural, the miraculous, seeing, uh, seeing the kingdom. And through a lot, a lot of failure, a lot of the boat turning upside down and let's turn it back up, right? We make it through the surf. Have you ever seen this? Anybody watch these survival videos, right? You know, their biggest problem is getting through the surf, right? When they're trying to launch out their thing, they got to get over. Because the surf is where the, the waves are at, right? Those are those like, you shouldn't be doing that. Who do you think you are? Do you see everybody else is on the shore? What's your problem? Why are you doing that? Look at those waves, right? Everything's safe here on the shore. Don't you go out there, right? right? And so they're breaking. And finally, you know, I, we broke through, right? Broke through the, the surf and began to see some of the kingdom. This is just me and my wife's journey. So we began to see some of the kingdom, miracles, began to hear the voice of God like never before, enthusiasm, Holy Spirit emotions, encounters with God, things like that began to happen, began, began to be more frequent. Uh, even the stories I was telling you today, those are just commonplace, and that's not to devalue those. It just is what happened. We made it over that surf, and we, and we made it to the next level, right? Well, then... You get there, a couple disappointments, life happens, blah, 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 blah. We said, you know what? We're dropping the anchor. So there's my boat, right in view of shoreline, with the anchor dropped. And that's where it sat. And that's where it sat for the last couple years. (laughs) That's not pretty. And so for me, personally, I would make myself feel better because I could talk about how I made it over the surf, 
my testimonies of how I got out here, right? So I'd make myself feel better because I may have went a little bit further than others, but I didn't necessarily sail to the depths of where God had called me to be, right? And so I would, I would, I would, uh, I, Todd said the other day, he said ministers who lose imagination began to minister out of memory. So I'd minister out of memory. And so I learned, I knew how to make it over the surf so it wasn't a big deal. I learned how to make it over the little waves. It's like, boom, I could do that. I could give you a word of knowledge. I could prophesy to you. I could pray for the sick. They'd be healed. I could do that. Still while my anchor's stuck and I'm hanging out right here in the voice of the Father saying, come on. Come on out more. Come on out more. Come on out more. And so anyways, this is my journey. And so, I, uh, so this week when I saw that and I saw the anchor, I just started crying. And I knew that me personally, I had lost the passion to explore. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you get born again. You have this experience with God. Maybe it's, maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's not the craziest ever. But there's something that happens, right? Will we all agree something happens here? Correct? Yes or no? I hope something happened here. If not, you may want to come see me afterward. Something happens here. And and the excitement is birthed, right? You've now come into connection with another world. With a world that you have been blind to your entire life up until becoming born again. That's the truth. The Bible says that the, the, the enemy blinds the minds of believers. So up until that point, you've been blinded to that world. You get born again and your eyes are opened. And you're open to another world, right? And you do nothing to earn it. Absolutely nothing to earn it. But when that happens... There's a passion. There's a zeal. How many of you are excited for God when you got born again? Right? And you're thinking, oh my gosh, what's God going to do next? How many when you picked up the book, it was amazing? How about prayer? Was prayer amazing? Was worship amazing? Yes, those things, you're like, oh my gosh, he's real, right? And what happens, and it's, 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 it's a, again, I say it's a demonic uh, way of quenching the people of God, is that we get satisfied with doing works. So we get satisfied with doing stuff, right? So we get prepared with busyness and the fixing of the ship, maybe helping someone else fix their ship because you know their ships are screwed up. So you try to fix their ship. Let me help you fix your ship, bro, right? Oh, you don't know this part of the map? You need to memorize this part of the map. All that well and good. None of that's negative, right? But, don't, but we would be deceiving ourselves if we thought we had actually experienced the depths of God hanging out on the shore talking about the map. That's deception, Right? And we've got a whole culture in America, and I believe in the, in, in the modern world, that we think we know something if we can recite the information. Right? We think we actually know something because I can recite the information. That doesn't mean you know something. And if you, take, if you looked at Jewish culture, you looked at the Bible's culture, it was unheard of for someone, to be taught, for someone to teach a subject if they hadn't experienced the subject. You were not qualified. You could not preach. You can't come and talk about how you know, the amazing depths of God out here, you won't believe what I've seen. You couldn't do that if you hadn't been there. But because we exalt knowledge, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. Knowledge has to do with information, love has to do with a person. (laughs) So we have a culture where we do that, and we get into this demonic cycle thinking we're going somewhere. And really we're on just the rat on the wheel, rat on the wheel, rat on the wheel. And now it's because you're faster on the wheel, you think you're better than someone else? Because your performance on on the wheel is better than anyone else? Your ship is so fancy and so nice? Shoot. You don't, you don't uh, cuss or chew or go out with girls or do whatever that old saying. Now, look at, my, look at my ship. It's amazing. Again, it's a deception, and that's where the Father is. He is calling us as a people. I am calling a people who are willing to, to brave the surf and go out deep into the depths of God because there's so much out there. You think that the kingdom would exist and what we could build with our own imaginations? Could the kingdom actually be, be that, that we could create it ourselves? You can create groups of people. You can have self-help groups. That can't be the kingdom. That can't be abundantly above all that you can ask or think or imagine according to the power that works within us. 
That can't be it. Watch out now. <laughs> there's more out there. And there's one simple way to get it. Grace through faith. Matthew 18. Again, if I seem like I'm preaching at you, well, I am a little bit, but I'm preaching at myself. Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set them before him. And said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted... And become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. This does not simply mean a born-again experience. Born again is, is the, being born again is, is the first step. When Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God, he, didn't, he never had a, in his, well, I'm sure he had in his mind, he's God, forgive me. Um, he didn't mean for us to take it, to get into the kingdom was simply to get your name in the book. We've made that the all in all. It, it, it is. I mean, no question. Jesus tells the disciples, don't rejoice that the demons are, are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. That is the ultimate unbelievable thing, but that's not the end. It doesn't have an end in itself. And so when he's talking about to enter the kingdom, he's not merely meaning getting your name on the book, but access the kingdom of God. To walk in the kingdom of God, where you can hear the voice of the Father, see his, his exploits on a regular basis, where you're literally walking in divine communion with God Himself. It says in 2 Corinthians 6.16, He said, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the living God? God said, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. That wasn't figurative. That wasn't a bumper sticker to put on the car. That was a reality that would absolutely shake the world. That God would walk among man. And when He would walk, He'd do God stuff. Like split the Red Sea, walk on water, multiply food, raise the dead, translate people to other places. That you'd have church services and a wind would rush through and there'd be the Holy Spirit be like little flames of fire floating in the air. That's next level stuff. That's freaky, off the shore stuff that's scary. And it's easy to talk about it. It's another thing to say, you know what? I'm done. We launch it. Pull anchor. Pull the anchor of fear. That's all it is. Fear and comfortability, right? For me, I feel okay because I can still see the shore. I can still see the shore. And my anchor's down and there's no rough water. Right? Thank you, Lord. So I was praying this week, and I was just kind of, I'm processing this, and you're hearing a bunch of processing. So if you're like, holy crud, that's a lot of stuff. That's just me processing with you. I'm trying to process this myself. And so the Lord said to me, I'm processing and how many people have disappointments? You say you, you dropped an anchor when a disappointment came down. I mean, I've dropped like a thousand. Yeah. Literally, one, one bump, in the, bump in the road. It's like, drop anchor. Oh, my God, did you feel that? Our, our boat rocked a little bit, you know? <sighs> you know, I've done that lots of times. I mean, lots. Everybody drop anchor, then pull it up, drop anchor, pull it up. Okay, we'll go again. Um, and so the father, he, he, I was just praying and mulling this over, and all of a sudden the father says, Ben, your questions will stop you from getting your answer. Your questions will stop you from getting your answer. And I don't mean that you can't have questions, but your questions can't be your Lord or the captain. You follow me? Right? So your questions can't be the Lord. And so when we, when we put anchor down because we had a disappointment or a question, right? Now it stopped the entire trajectory of your life. And the Father's trying to take you somewhere, and maybe another hundred miles down the road, the answer's down there. But your question, you, put, you pull the brakes up on the question, right? You allowed the question to hinder faith, hinder trust, put in, bring in fear, bring in doubt, bring in disappointment, all these things. And you drop the anchor, and the answer's out there still, but you're going to have to believe to get the answer. 
And you may not get the question answered. You may have to believe without getting it answered first. And that, that's part of the kingdom. That's what kids do. Kids don't have to have it all worked out. There's a reason he highlights that over and over again. And that's the reason I, I went there. You tell a kid, we're going to go somewhere and do something. They're not going to make an evaluation of it. They're not going to sit there and say, hey, you don't even know all the details here, Dad. What do you mean we're going to set sail and we're going to go across the world? I'm going to need a full itinerary. How much, do we, how much food do we have? I need to calculate. That never comes into the mind of a child. It doesn't come into the mind. The only thing that comes into a healthy child, forgive me, a healthy child, the only thing that comes into a healthy child's heart is did the father say so? That's what healthy children do. The father said so. It's a done deal. And what do they do? They believe it. Nothing else. Why? Because their 100% belief in faith is, is steadfast in the fact that their father is faithful and not a liar. <laughs> their hearts are steadfast in the fact that their father is faithful and not a liar. Questioning the goodness of God. That's where a child is. And so it's not that we got to become uh, professors of the map. That's the, wrong, that's the wrong recipe. The recipe is that we got to become little kids that have faith, or I'd call bravery. I think bravery and courage and faith, they go hand in hand. They have the bravery and the courage to pull anchor and set sail into the depths of God, trusting Him that there's only one thing that's required for me to believe Him. I mean, seriously, if you read through this New Testament and you're looking for a formula, you're going to be really disappointed. I was really disappointed because I was formula-driven. So I would study all the men who were seeing miracles, and all the men had formulas. They all said, pray this way, confess this, do this, and that's all fine. And some of it worked. It got me through the surf. It didn't get me into the depths, but it got me through the surf. Those are principles. Principles of the kingdom still work. A principle of the kingdom will work, like sowing and reaping. It will work without relationship, but it won't, it won't have a, a substance to it, right? So I could get up and minister, and I could say, God wants to heal the sick, and every sick person can come up here, and some people will be healed, period, because that's a principle. God heals the sick, right? And the presence of God destroys sickness and disease. However, that doesn't mean I'll see 100% people healed because there may be something else I need to tap into the Father's resources with. And without relationship with the Father, I won't have access to the Father's resources. Right? Like the man who is deaf that Jesus poked his fingers in his ears. Or the blind man, all of a sudden Jesus scoops up and puts a little bit of mud on and boom, he's healed. Why? Because he's tapped into the Father's resources because he has nonstop connection with the Father. And the only thing that he's doing is what? He's believing his father. <laughs> There's just not another secret, right? Jesus is saying, this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. He didn't give another recipe. He didn't give another, and you know, I'm, well, you know what? You know, I've studied this for a long time. Well, yeah, I'm qualified to do this because, you know, if you haven't heard, I'm the Messiah. I'm fulfilling like 500 some prophecies. <laughs> that never came up. Father's doing it, it's done. Father's doing it, it's done. And then when you see the disciples trying to do the same, you got the demoniac, right? The demoniac child. They try to pray for him, Matthew 17. Try to pray for the demoniac child. The demoniac child's not healed. Jesus comes, right? He doesn't say, guys, I thought you were supposed to be, you know, you're my disciples. You just pay attention to my teaching? No. One simple thing. You should have believed. Boom. And we've created, uh, let me... We've created faith to be a formula. Faith is not a formula. Faith is trust in a person. So in our Pentecostal circles, faith is a formula. I have to stir myself to believe, right? I pump myself up to get me so excited that I finally venture off the shoreline a little bit out there, right? That's a little, that, that may have like a little bit of faith in it, but more of it, it's just a little bit of, uh, what's the thing? What's it when you get stirred up? Um, just exci excitement and zeal. 
Faith is here. Faith is here, right? And you get a little excited and you break over a couple shorelines and you think, I had faith. And then all of a sudden, the next person you pray for, you ask for something, it doesn't happen. And the father says, well, you didn't have enough faith. And you say, well, I thought I had faith because this happened. Well, you had to have constant faith in the father. So anyways, okay. The only ingredient is, is grace through faith. And so what we do is we receive it. Now, this really upsets people. This is not, I'll tell you what, does not sell me any self-help books. In fact, I don't think I could sell much on this because it would all be free and I wouldn't make any money. Um, so the only, the, so we have grace through faith, but the, the, all we do is receive, like children on, on Christmas morning. <laughs> That's it. I know that sounds super simple and you want a formula. I want a formula. I want there to be more required. I do in my personal nature because I want to be, I want to achieve something. But sorry, one person achieved it and he gets the glory for it all. That's it. No one else gets to have the glory. You didn't make it somewhere. I've heard people say, you know, I earned the power of God. B.S. You did not earn the power of God. That did not happen. You did not earn it. Don't say that. That's total garbage. You cannot earn the power of God. Someone paid for it and that's the end of the story. Someone paid for it, right? And the, the key is that we receive we receive it, okay? So check this out. All right. John, John 1. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to be children of God. That was it. To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So, as you receive Christ Jesus, so walk in him. How would you receive him? By faith. And it was a, a completely free gift. So I'm going to paint one more picture and then we're going to pray. Is this making sense to you? Yeah. Is it? Okay, okay. Forgive me because some of it's like a big, huge ball in my mind. Um, okay, l- one more quick picture. So you get, you get in the kingdom. Um, and for, for the sake of the analogy, I'm going to call the kingdom, let's just call it like a thousand acres with a castle. That's for our, our earthly minds. So I'm going to do a little bit of a parable, right? So you have a thousand acres and a castle that when you became, when you believed in Jesus, the Father gave you a thousand acres and a castle, right? 100% self-sufficient for the rest of your life. Nothing that you earned, right? And so you get a certificate, right? You go, you know, you, 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 it's a part of your inheritance. You meet with the lawyer and, he, and they hand you the certificate, This is yours, right? This is yours. You own this. You possess this, right? So you get right there. You you receive the certificate. Your name's on there. Your name's in the book, right? Name's in the book. All that's good because, I mean, obviously you need to have the name in the book. That's the start. It's it's a con. You're you're in there. And... um, you, you get, you get the, the certificate, you drive to the, to the farm, and there's a huge gate around it. There's a door, right? There's a door, and there's only one way to get through that door, is to believe. So if you don't believe that this is actually yours, you can't have it. No other secret. And so 90%, maybe I'm wrong, a ton of us, including myself, hang out at the gate, Rereading and rereading the contract. Is this really mine? <laughs> this cannot be true because it doesn't make any sense in my mind that a God whom I, whom I hated and lived against loved me so much, not only forgave me 100%, He didn't just forgive me and bring me into the, uh, bring me into the uh, black, He took me over to the green. 
right? So he didn't just bring me into the kingdom or uh, forgive me and say, okay, well, you know, you're not going to be condemned. Instead, he completely flipped the script. He put a crown on my head and he gave me a seat, the best seat at the table. And I'm sitting there, I'm at the table, right? I'm sitting at the table and I'm like, I don't belong here. Because all I can think about is how messed up my ship is. I don't belong at this table. You don't know what I've done. And he's like, yeah, I do. (laughs) So you're at the table, right? And there's a smorgasbord that comes by and you don't want to eat anything. You don't want to partake. Why? Because you don't feel worthy. You don't feel worthy to eat of these. You don't feel worthy to go through that gate and sit in your castle. You don't feel worthy to go in there and experience the goodness of the Father, right? Even though you're okay with Him forgiving you of a a mountain of debt that was against you, you're okay with that. You'll access that. I'm cool there. But don't tell me that you love me this much that you're going to do this much for me. I made it in here because I trusted you, but please let me earn something back. Remember the story of the, of, the, of the prodigal son I talked about last time, right? There's two sons. One son blows it. Gosh, he blows it, just like me. Blows it. Blows it, blows it, blows it. He comes. The father, the father runs to him, restores him, goes above and beyond. He doesn't just forgive him. He doesn't forgive him and make him a servant like the son wanted because the son's shame was making him make decisions. Right? So the son, he doesn't just forgive the, forgive the son and make him a servant in the house. He instantly forgives the son and gives him a position back at the table, which is unfathomable. It's like, why are you doing that? What did, the, so was this, what did the second son say? Father, I've been with you this long. I've served you this long. I've never disobeyed one of your commands, and you didn't give me a goat to party with my, fam- my friends. Do you see the difference? What is the second son focused on? He's focused on what he's been doing. And he lost the heart of the father. What does his father say to him? Son, do you not know that it was fitting to do this? I'll give you one more. Right? Jesus is talking about the father in John 14. He's talking about the father. He's explaining the father. And Philip turns to him and he says... Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for me. It's enough for us. Jesus turns and says, Philip, have I been with you so long that you haven't seen the Father? I've been with you this long, and you don't understand his heart. (laughs) And so what I'm after, and what the Holy Spirit's calling for today... He's calling for a group of people to believe this outrageous gospel that doesn't make sense, that is against your, your very person, that says, I need to earn this, I need to be better, all that. This, that's not the gospel. The gospel is 100% free. And if you're willing to brave the waves and launch out, pull your anchor out, and say, I'm going to believe that you're 100% good, that the whole thing you bought for me, and I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in through the gate. And I'm going to experience what you paid for. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to second guess it. Josh is talking about. I'm not going to be suspicious of it. I'm, like a child, going to believe that you made this for me. And I'm going to take you at your word. So here's my, here's my, my call for all of us. There's two calls. One, some of you may have never left shore. Get out. Launch the boat. Go deep into the depths of God. Don't let your questions keep you on the shore. Some of you have left the shore, got disappointed. Stuff happened. You hit some waves, you hit some stuff, and you dropped anchor, and you've, you've lived in familiarity. I've been the second, and years ago, I was the first. Today, it's, it's done. It's time to launch. And I don't know what that looks like for you. You know what that looks like for you. But I'm telling you, the voice of the Father saying, come on out. You ever, anybody ever seen Narnia? Yes? 
I think it's the second one. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's the second one. Maybe it's the third. One of them, I, one of them, Aslan, you probably know, I bet you do. Aslan tells Lucy, remember, you're getting too old to come here. I sure don't want to hear Jesus tell me that. I don't want to hear the Father say, Ben, you got too old to come here. It's not that you di- get disqualified. You stop being able to access because your confidence is in what you know instead of who you know. <laughs> ah! And, we, and it's, we've created a culture of it. I say we break that culture, and I say we have a culture of risk takers. I say we have a culture of people that say, you know what, I'm not satisfied on the shore. I'm not satisfied to read the map. I've got to go to these places and explore the goodness of God. And I'm willing to step out and take some risks. I'm willing even to, even to wreck a little bit and, and, and brave my fears and brave my disappointments because I don't want this anchor holding me back anymore. I want to explore everything that the Father has paid for me to have. That's what I believe this culture is happening right now. So let's do this. Let me get some worship. Let me get a worship team up here real quick. I want to pray for you. We're going to pray together. I got a couple words of knowledge that I think are going to help some of you get off the shore a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I want to pray for some healing. We're going to kind of just stir the waters a little bit, right? We're going to stir the waters a little bit. So uh, someone has a bone-on-bone knee problem. Who has a bone-on-bone knee? They're missing cartilage. Stand up, please, Robin. Thank you, Lord. Uh, someone has like a bone fragment or something in the foot. Something's kind of either shattered or a hairline fracture in the foot. Who is that? So you have something in the foot. Who is that? Having a lot of pain. It may, you may not know it, but you're having some kind of pain in the foot. I just saw like a, a little tiny fragment in the foot. Does that make sense? Am I? No? Is that you? Okay, stay there. Thank you, Lord. Um, I saw a, um, some kind of head injury. Anybody had a head injury recently? Any type? been causing like a, a pain, anything in the skull or anything like that? Head injury. Anything in particular? Yes, no? Okay. And then I saw a heart issue. Anybody having anything with a heart, heart arrhythmia, anything like that? Skipping the heart? Is that you standing up? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so um, raise your hands if that was you. Thank you, Lord. Actually, right, someone else has something like right with the tailbone. Who's got something with the tailbone? Somebody's got something with the tailbone right here at the bottom of your spine. Who has something like that? Go ahead and stand up. It's okay. Who has something like that? Something with your spine right here. There's something there. Is that you, John? <laughs> Is that you? Yeah, something hurt right there? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Uh, someone's left eye. Something's going on in the left eye. Who's got something going on in the left eye? Just something in your eye. Anybody have something with their eye? You can have them both. Yes, stand up if you got a right thing. Absolutely. I just felt the eye, like it was almost something going on. Is it irritation or twitching or something? Irritation. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to be into worship. What I want you to do, if you got called out, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Now, some of you may have never done this before. This is what I want. If you've never prayed for someone for healing or maybe you feel really intimidated, I want to give you an opportunity to set sail. Yeah. Yeah, so raise your hand if, you, if, you got, if I called you. And if you haven't done it or maybe you feel really nervous to do it, I want you to stand up. And I want you to go find somebody with their hand raised. Go find someone with your hand raised. Yep, come on, come on, come on. There you go. Yes. When you get there to them, when people get to you, you can lower your hand. And very simply, the Father said that believers in me will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There was no formula. There's no secret. Just believe. So right now, the Father has healing. It's in His resource house. He has no limits. So just tap into that resource. Command their bodies to be healed recover declared into their bodies now yeah father we tap in we thank you that there's an abundance in you that does not run dry 
We thank you, Heavenly Father. There's an abundance that never runs dry. So we tap in right now. I tap in. We tap in for healing. We tap in for life. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We just release the Father's goodwill and His good pleasure to make people whole. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can keep praying if you want. This is what we're going to do. Instead of me praying for you because I'm not going to push you off the shoreline. This is what I want you to do. We're going to worship. You guys do whatever you feel. After you're done praying, what I want you to do is I want you to get along with the Father for a little bit. We're going to take five minutes real quick. I want you to get alone. We're not leaving yet. I want you to get alone with the Father. And I want, ha, Holy Ghost. Here, listen here. Listen real quick to me. Listen to me. I know you're praying. Just turn your ear on. I want you to get alone with the Father for the next five minutes. And I want you to ask the Father, Father, help me push my boat off the shore. Help me push my boat off the shore. Father, would you help me push my boat off the shore today? Father, would you give me a hand with this boat? (laughs) Father, would you give me a hand with this boat, please? (laughs) In fact, get in the boat. I just see the Father. The Father coming saying, I got you, child. I'm going to push you out. Just get in. (laughs) Just get in.